The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapete on SAFM. Mr. Anu Adeyoyot reported the Mail and Guardian and Conrad Adenhauer Stuftung, that's a Conrad Adenhauer Foundation, effectively, fellowship there at the Witz Journalism Department. Talk to us, please, about the article, specifically the one you penned about Madagascar's president and his claims very recently at the meeting with the African Union chaired by President Ramaphosa. Good evening. Thanks for your time. Uh, good evening, and thank you for having me. Um this article you're talking about was done by uh, my editor and I, Simon Allison, at the Mail and Guardian. Yes. And uh, we just uh, we just uh, wrote about how the African Union leaders at a recent meeting uh, were uh, skeptical about uh, the uh, cure being touted by President Andrew Rajolina of Madagascar. Uh, but you know, in these diplomatic circles, uh, they don't tend to say things uh, uh, outrightly. But there's definitely some skepticism within the uh, African Union bloc about the efficacy of this uh, of this cure that has been touted by the president of Madagascar. What is the basis of the skepticism? Uh, so, the president of Madagascar int- told his country on April 8th that he had gotten a certain letter to that told him about the presence of a certain plant within the country that could help in the fight against the uh, coronavirus. And 11 days later, on April 19, at a ceremony, he told the watching public that they had developed a cure and that he had already cured two people uh, within the country. But the problem here is that, and according to all the experts we've spoken to, is that uh, there hasn't been uh, like a clinical trial done to determine if this is if this works. And so there's that is where the skepticism comes from because uh, according to how we know how drugs and vaccines work you usually take it through a process uh that needs that that helps you determine if it is safe for use and if it is effective to fight the disease you want to fight now right now madagascar enjoys at least this fact out of 186 confirmed cases they have 105 recoveries that's more than 50 percent and particularly Zero deaths. Surely that must be the basis of some rejoicing. Yeah, I mean, that is extremely good news that Madagascar has not uh, recorded any fatalities in their fight against the coronavirus. That is extremely good news, right? Um, I think the, 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 what we need to know is that most people that get, corona, that get infected by COVID-19 Usually, uh, their immune system fights it off. About 85% of people who get this disease usually uh, uh, get well on their own after a few weeks. So, uh, and we we don't know the data behind uh, the cure being touted by the president. They have re- they are yet to release this the data underpinning their cure to 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 the African CDC or the World Health Organization or the African Union. So we do not know just um, the data of who was the key demographics of people being affected by the disease and what, uh, what is the data behind the, the cure that is being touted. So that is why uh, a lot of these organizations are telling uh, Madagascar to exercise a little bit of caution and patience as they go about uh, touting this, this cure. You know, I'm, I'm asking these questions because I really do want us to get into a conversation where as Africans across all formations and denominations, 
can start to perhaps lead the thinking around African solutions to challenges and problems facing Africans without always necessarily being a follower to solutions that are brought to the people of Africa. So without at all giving credibility or discounting what the the Malagasy president has said, here we are presented, and I'm coming to you now, Mkulu Zamandebele, the deputy chairperson of Buyisa, Buyisa being a council of traditional healers who we had in the first, well, who we had in the segment immediately before this. However, so we are presented now with an opportunity to re-engage ourselves as a continent for the purposes of looking at African solutions to problems facing Africans. Rightly or wrongly, Madagascar is leading that conversation, be it responsibly or irresponsibly. Nonetheless, Madagascar are saying we've got a solution. And to that extent, Equatorial Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Liberia, and Tanzania, they want this herbal drink. How then do we move from that premise? Because these are facts we cannot change right now. How do we move on that and make sure we don't lose credibility in the process, making sure that we rope in African methods of responding to challenges faced by Africans? Mkulu Ndebel. No, thank you very much. Let me give... Uh, you, you, you have tried to answer the issue where out of 186, 105 recoveries... Your line is very bad now. I don't know what happened between the first conversation and now. Yes. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, indeed. I'm saying basically you have touched on the issue of Madagascar, uh, where out of 186 people, 105 are recovered, zero dead. Contrast that with the United States of America, the world power. One... Point three nine five zero two six, which is one million three hundred and ninety and twenty six, eighty two thousand five hundred and fifty five deaths recorded to date. Two situations: a very industrialized nation and a very underdeveloped African nation. Now, at times, like I did indicate, that uh, where the history, basically, where the mindset, anything that is African is viewed as barbaric, backward, and basically treated with, you know, contempt and suspect. It's the same with Africans. Wherever you go, at times you are treated with that succession. You need to prove yourself beyond basically the level of proving yourself. That is basically the change that we are facing. And the reporting that uh, there are African leaders uh, who are skeptical. Yes, it, it doesn't come as a surprise. The generation that is currently leading Africa are predominantly old people who have failed their own countries. The health system in Africa is in tatters in most countries. Mm. Basically, those are some of the outcomes of colonialism and basically apartheid thinking. So what we're saying, there is a need for us to also start looking at finding African solutions. And the issue that uh, Madagascar has come up basically with this uh, plant that they are saying, and we know growing up basically in the townships in South Africa, uh, in rural areas, you know, 
I was talking to my mother. She she's 74. She grew up. Her own grandmother treated her with umsonyan. When we were born, we were also treated with the same plant. It has got a history in the African continent of basically dealing with ailments uh, in as far as all these other ailments, uh, including basically, you know, flu and stuff like that. Now, there are other African plants that need to be, you know, looked at. Some of them are already researched, like, for example, Kenapush, Unwele. The Department of Agriculture and uh, Forest and Fisheries, mm. in, in their, basically, one of their uh, pamphlets, do basically acknowledge that cancer push is used as an immune booster for the treatment, basically, of other, many other diseases. So there is a need for us, uh, basically, as African traditional, uh, you know, healers to be not really to be acknowledged because we exist. We are not saying that we, we need to be, to be acknowledged because we are in this space. We do provide primary health care. There is a need basically to promote and ensure that we collaborate with these other research institutions uh, which are currently uh, you know, involved in checking the African medicinal you know, plants and basically their ability both uh, for pharmaceutical purposes and ethnobiological purposes. Mm. So it is not right for us at this moment to be beginning to say do we need acknowledgement or not. We are acknowledged. And we are saying let us, like the Madakan had made that appeal, to say we have this plant. Let's take it to the left to address what uh, my colleague had just uh, you know, said that skepticism, of course, there will always be those uh, doubting Thomases in this world. And it, it, and it needs us to be able to be firm at this particular point to say, as Africans, we need African solutions because this is a time. Excellent. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your contributions then. Kulu Zaman Debele, we'll let you go now because Mr. Anu Adeoyo is online still and we will, in the context of what you have said and his article, I have a few questions for him. On the other side of the break, we continue with those conversations. Please do contribute to the rest of you. Mike in Durban, I do recognize you. After the break, we're coming straight to you. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Indeed, Songez on SAFM. Bongi Gwala returns tomorrow between 3 and 6. So, yeah, thanks so much for that compliment, but it is actually due for Mabegwe. Not Ugwala Umpepetwa is listening and is probably equally awed, which is great. KGM? Eita? Yes. Uh, good evening to your panel and to the listeners. Look, the, it, it, it's a pity that, um, contradictively so, I would say it's a pity that the, the, the African uh, natural resources will have to be uh, defended by the likes of us and the people at the helm of leadership, at the helm of administration, 
are the ones that I can coin a well-known statement that they are the ones selling us out. So, Gezo, mm. let me part by asking this. Before 1652, as it were, according to history, to the extent that there was life in Africa, we lived here, there was no Western anything. There was no WHO, nothing. Can somebody tell me how did we live? Particularly me as a Mosara. My people are here in Kalahari, and we do not, even myself included, personally, gotcha. I do not take medical, uh, I mean, the, the Western medication. I use our herbs. What's wrong with me? Excellent. That's a great point. I've got it, KGM. Let's go to John Gardner in Cape Town. John, good evening. And discussion, and I'm a great one for the African solution and for herbal cures. One of the big issues is the pharmaceutical companies like to snaffle up ideas, take a traditional thing, and patent it and make money out of it, leaving little for the community. But what's really nice is that there's a guy called Dr. Paul Marek. He's a Vitz graduate, so he's South African, and he's basically pioneered the use of intravenous vitamin C and hydrocortisone. And now there's a huge group of doctors in America, and they have put out a protocol, and they say, why is this not being used around the world? Because it's cheap, it's effective, there's low side effect profile, and that it is non-patentable. And so I can give you, if you'd like, the, the website. I actually mentioned that to Stephen Krutus this morning, and I've been wanting to get it out because I've been a clinician for 40 years almost. And I've seen all sorts of things come and go. Paul is a really good guy, and it's worth looking at what he's put together and what these clinicians with over 200 years of clinical experience have said. Perfect. I'll let you do this for us, please, John. Do go back to our producer, have that conversation. Not before long we will have Paul on this platform to have exactly this conversation. Oh, he's in America, but he is contactable. I think he'd love to be involved. Excellent. <laughs> Speak to Lesejo. We will certainly continue with him very shortly. Let's go to our final caller, Mike in Durban. Good evening, Mike. Yes. You know, I always hear about these uh, herbal uh, medicines and those kind of things. But people don't realize 100 years ago, we human beings are much stronger. We had a different diet. Our immune systems are much weaker now. How are we going to work out the side effects of herbal medication in this modern day? I've had a problem. I'm, I'm a diabetic. And I've had diabetic friends taking medication, uh, herbal medication, which works for them. And when I took this medication, I had such inflammation under my feet that it never healed. Eventually, I lost my toes, and I had one of my legs amputated. So when we talk about herbal medication, first they have to scientifically prove what are the other side effects of it, like every other medication. Let's go back. I appreciate that. I really do, Mike. Let's go back to our guest. Anu, you're listening. Yes, I'm listening. Thank you very much. You know, these comments, for instance, from KGM, what was Africa doing before colonization and apartheid and the IP theft, if you like, of African systems? Almost being challenged by the lived experience of Mike in Deben saying some of these things that we used outside mainstream, I say mainstream for record purposes, 
or official use have side effects and have got serious side effects, the loss of amenities, including but not limited to losing one's toes. How then should the African Union, from your research, from how you penned this article, be going about making sure not only do we maintain a certain level of independence and recognition of African systems, but still ultimately keep the clinical value of the claims made by the Malagasy people? Uh, thank you very much. I think it's, it's instructive what your last caller said about um, African drugs and side effects, right? Because before most, before every drug goes, goes to, before it gets to, to you as a consumer, it has gone through rigorous testing. And you know before using every drug that these are the side effects that can occur when you use these drugs. All right. So according to the experts that we've spoken to, and these are people who have spent their lives and they are Africans, by the way, people who have spent their lives studying science. The, the argument they make is that instead of the Malagasy president to, or the, uh, uh, to, to distribute these drugs, uh, the COVID organics to the people, right, it should go through a, a process where you determine how safe it is, how effective is it, and what are the side effects to people. So there, people think, uh, people try to make it an argument between modern science and African arts, but both of them can work together and deny it, right? What's, what, most, what scientists are saying, what vaccinologists uh, are saying is that you need to try these things, right? You need to do clinical trials. Let people, let us know how effective this drug is before you start distributing it to the people, right? It, I think it's a matter of due process. And the, the World Health Organization itself has said that they re- recognize the importance of African Arabs in in uh, in treating people, but Africans deserve to uh, that whatever drugs we use go through the same standards as every other drug that every other people. Therein use. is the challenge, right? You know, it's going to become academic, and unfortunately, it has gone there. This is not an argument too dissimilar of two decades ago. President Mbeki, then the the challenge was HIV and AIDS. And the massive pharmaceutical drugs, which were largely untested, not even wanted by some pharma, by by Americans themselves, because the CDC had not recognized them, wanting those drugs to find their way into the African continent. President Mbeki pushed, if you like, the indigenous systems. If we alleviate poverty, the things that cause these challenges in the healthcare space, we don't take away our response to it albeit we're not using medicines. Similarly now, I might be getting myself in a knot, but what I'm advancing, in, in other words, just to be a little debating, to, to be in a debate with you is, why don't we, Uvavi, for instance, has used Umklonyan, he's recovered from COVID-19. Madagascar doesn't have any deaths, and they are saying what has helped them has been the use of Artemisia. Now, when you compact that and say, we should trust our systems. There is nothing wrong with the plants that we Africans have been using to corroborate KGM since before 1652 that have always helped us. COVID is a threat now. It it doesn't contemplate the time it takes to run tests and have them meeting particular protocols. Why simply then do we not do what many are advocating in the experience of Madagascar, that of Vavi, as something that has helped them, not necessarily a cure, not necessarily something which will pass the muster of scientific testing, but nonetheless, 
the fact that it has assisted in meeting the fight of COVID-19. Why is that not enough? Okay. Uh, so you you mentioned the statistics of uh, the cases that Madagascar has had and the fact that they have no uh, casualties. Uh, I'm going to mention the cases that Vietnam has. So Vietnam has 288 cases recovered. They have 252 recoveries and no deaths, mm. right? Mm. Vietnam is close is very close to China, right? Yes. They were close to where the epicenter of this thing began. And yet they have managed to uh manage they've managed this situation very well. And yes. they have no deaths, right? And life is going on as much as it can over there, right? Yes. And they have not used COVID COVID organics, right? What they have used is social distancing, tracing and testing and all of that, right? They have not used so Madagascar, while it may seem that they are outliers in Africa, right? Vietnam has also managed this crisis well without COVID organics. And as I said earlier, about 85% of people who contract COVID-19 uh, will recover within a few, within uh, about 14 days, right? If their immune system fights this, we know that the people who are most at risk are elderly people and people with uh, other comorbidities, right? So. Uh, to your point where you say that we do not have time. Yes, we do not have time. But we also need to know that we cannot allow our lack of time to let us bypass process. I mean, in the U.S. now, they 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 gave emergency approval to a drug called Remdesivir, right? And usually in normal times, that drug probably would have taken a longer time to get the approval that we got to in, in a trial. But that's why the fact that it, it, it was only... Uh, given to patients after a short period of time, it still underwent clinical trials, right? There were people who were given the drug. There was a control group, right? So that's why the fact that the timing was short, it still under, underwent uh, clinical trials. So okay. my point here is... Finally, we, 30 seconds. Uh, so my point here is we do not know uh, if this drug is working and nobody knows and nobody's saying do not use the drug or not. What we're saying, what scientists are saying, right, is that let us use this drug in a pro- proper environment where we can control and know if it works or not. And then you. we can make a decision on the use of this drug. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this because you won't have an opportunity to reply. The use of the Vietnamese example is not an either or. It's simply an end. The Madagascan experience for Madagascar has worked. The Vietnamese experience has worked for them. These two are complementary. They are not dichotomous of one another. I've had my say on this. We don't have time. We will have you back. I promise you this conversation is far from over. Thank you so much, Mr. Adeoyo. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. We are done, folks. That's it. Let's go to the book reading.